Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here. I have a, a new friend uh, with me is uh, Evangelist Roy Bell. And so excited to have him here uh, in studio, okay? He's in my office. And so uh, we're glad that he's here and uh, excited about his ministry and what God's called him to do. And I'm uh, glad to get to introduce him to you. So, uh, Brother Roy, tell us right now, what is your ministry? What do you do? Where are you out of? Tell me what you do right now, who you help and how you help them. Okay. Um, I'm a missionary evangelist out of Bible Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, there are actually churches there. It's not just casinos and hotels. But, uh, Is there yeah, a and, need for churches there, do you think? Um, you know, there's a lot of churches. There's just not a lot of interest. I mean, mm -hmm. they don't call it Sin City for yeah. nothing. Um, and the, 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 the real Bible-believing works are very small yeah. out there. Um, but, uh, what I, what I do is, uh, um, I, I have a YouTube channel, old school Bible Baptist, Amen. Uh, that, uh, um, a couple hundred videos on various Bible questions and topics. And of course, uh, my crazy story, which you'll probably ask me about in a minute. Yes, sir. But also, um, in my church, in Bible Baptist Church, my pastor's Mitch service out there for, you know, anyone coming through Las Vegas and, and needing some help or, or a place to go to church. And that's Bible Baptist Church, Pastor Mitch service. Amen. And, um, what, uh, what God has been doing with me the, the last couple of years, uh, largely through my uh, online ministry and uh, the recognition that I had gotten there, is I've been getting a lot of uh, uh, preaching invitations across the country from like-minded brethren. And uh, I've, bis I've been traveling all, all over. Uh, I'm on my second big trip now, another one, another one coming up in September and October. And... Uh, 
people are just just having me in to uh, well tell a little bit of my crazy story and, and I and I get to preach a little bit. Amen. Crazy story. I know it's crazy to us to seem like, but boy, it's amazing how God can orchestrate even through our sin, even when we get away from God, even when we blow it. So many times we as people want to give up on others, but God still loves us, still cares about us, um, and still has a plan and purpose, and that God can take the mess we made of our life and use it to help people is just incredible. Yeah. So, all right, let's hear this story. I may interrupt you on a certain part okay. to find out more, but uh, well, so how uh, did you get to um, be this missionary evangelist uh, helping people this way? Um well, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. I grew up in Las Vegas, mm. Nevada. My dad was a casino boss. And so I grew up in a, a good home, upper middle class, but it was a Christless home. Yeah. I'd never been to church. I'd never heard the gospel. Uh, my mom says she was an atheist. I never heard my dad say anything. But, yeah. but when I was 10 years old, my, my dad passed away. And so as the old story goes, I fell in with a rough crowd in Sin City and uh, became a drug addict. I, I became a thief and uh, ended up three times through the juvenile, the juvenile wow. system. And then I turned 18, they kicked me out of the juvenile system and immediately uh, I, I picked up adult felonies. And uh, I mean, you know, long story short, I, 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 was, I just hit the road on the run, fell in with some outlaw bikers, uh, was, was down in the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas getting ready to turn 21 years old on the run from the law, running guns and dope across the river down there with uh, uh, just Mexican drug dealers and outlaw bikers. And I always thought Jesus and the Bible were like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sad. get you know, get, at, get, a, get away from me with that. That's nonsense. But I was at a point in my life, I was getting ready to turn 21, and, and I kind of just looked up one day, uh, uh, out on the porch out there, it, just at the stars. I didn't know if I was calling it God or the universe or what. I was just like, well, this is it. This is this is where I end up. This is this is my life. I said, if there's anybody out there, man, uh, you know, I need some help. This <laughs> this ain't you know. And uh, and God heard that and, and honored that, and He sent a witness my way, uh, who was a, a was a Christian biker who used to be one of the original founders of the motorcycle club was the peacemakers out of Toledo, Ohio wow. started right after world war two. And the guys I was with was actually the second generation of mm. the, of the gang. And, but this was one of the first generation guys and everybody started talking about a uh, big Dave break is coming down. We're way, way, way down in, in South Texas, farther South than Corpus Christi, uh, mission McAllen far right on the river down there. Wow. And, um, so they said, Big Dave's coming, Big Dave's coming. They start telling Big Dave stories. I mean, they, 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 to hear them tell it, he was, he was King Kong, Batman, Bruce Lee, <laughs> James Bond, all rolled into one. You know, Big Dave kicked in the bar. Anyways, Big Dave got there. And what they didn't know was Big Dave had gotten saved, and he wow. was a biker for Jesus now. And Big Dave, when he came up them stairs, brother, the, 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 when I first time I looked at Dave Brake, I knew that whatever that man had, is what I was looking for. Wow. I knew inst in, instantly in my spirit, I said, whatever that guy has got is, is the secret. It's, it's what I'm looking for. So, so man, I'm, I'm tuned into this cat, man. He comes in, <laughs> he sits down into an apartment full of Mexican drug dealers and outlaw bikers, and then I'm so tuned into this guy. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to get his number. I'm trying to figure him out. And his brother sat down on that couch in there, and he started talking about Jesus. 
Wow. And I, you know, they talk about the word of God being right. that sword and being that light. I can remember the very verse that cut through the darkness of my heart and like God reached mm. a, a finger down there and flipped the switch and turned the lights on in my soul. He said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. And the lights came on and I was freaked. I said, no way. No way. Jesus in the Bible? Jesus in the Bible? <laughs> this is real? Jesus is real? The Bible show And Brother, I was gloriously and I was wonderfully saved, and I began to go, I began to just, just walk down the street. I went to a founder of the Southern Baptist Church, First Baptist Church in Mission, Texas. I went down wow. there. I, I gave my testimony to the pastor. They, they dunked me in there. <laughs> I, I hadn't been there by two weeks, and they had a boy, and you'll, you'll relate to this. Yeah. They had a boy from that home that got sent to a extension of the the Lister Roloff Ministries. Right. Boy named John Orcott, 15 years old. They sent him, and 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 he he saved the life of the director's son who had fallen through an iced over pond. John Orcott dived in. He got the director's wow. little boy out, but he slipped back under and he died. And so, brother Bob, brother Bob and Betty Wills, from from a couple of. Lester Roloff's right-hand yeah. people, right. they came down with four boys from the Redemption Ranch Boys Home in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They came down there to, to do the funeral for John Orcott at wow. this church. I've been saved a week. I still got hair out to here. I don't know anything. <laughs> I've never been in church in my life. But they came in and did that funeral. And then four boys mm. from the boys' home got up one after the other and gave their testimony. And after that service, I went down there to Brother Bob Wills. I said, can I go with you? <laughs> And he said, well, what are you saying, Roy? Do uh, you, you want to be a missionary? I said, that sounds good. Yeah, that's it. I want to be a missionary. So he said, we're leaving in the morning. I said, I'll be ready. I got in the car with them. We hit, started heading north. Stopped that night and, and spent the night in Corpus Christi. Uh, I slept on Lester Roloff's living room floor with the four boys. Wow. And that morning, Lester Roloff got up and he fixed us breakfast. And mm. he looked over and he said, Brother Wills? He said, who is that? <laughs> Brother Will said, well, that's Brother Roy. He's going to be a missionary. And Lester Roloff said, you're going to get him a haircut, ain't you? Because he don't look like one of our boys. <laughs> so after that, I went to uh, six months, Redemption Ranch Boys Home, right mm -hmm. outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We used to go into a church, a Central Baptist Church. C.R. Williams worked yeah. there in Hattiesburg, yeah. Mississippi. And uh, I started a little, and then I, I, I let, after six months, I left the boys' home. I moved into town. I started going to a little Bible college there. And I, I, I fell in love with, uh, with, with a young lady that was there in the Bible college there. Mm. And, and I hadn't been saved but 10 minutes, you know. Right, right. And I said, well, it's, let's get married and start our ministry. And, we, you know, we were courting and dating and, and you know, with all the perfect standards and, right. and everything. And she was that girl that had more people down the aisle baptized every year than anybody. She had her own bus route. Wow. I mean, she was special. She was special. And, but she got saved when she was in fourth grade and she wrote all these things down in her Bible that she was going to do. And she's going to marry a preacher and no, and her first kiss will be on the altar and she'll mm -hmm. never wear pants. And but, 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 but I will go to Hiles Anderson college. Wow. And so she said everything she did, I found out later she did everything she wrote down on there. But, she said, no, I have to go to Hiles Anderson first. <laughs> and I ain't, I have no patience. I hadn't been saved. So I'm like, what? And so I'm a little heartbroken. I'm kind of, my world's kind of shattered now. Right. I, I put too much on her. And she went off to Hiles Anderson. And I got so lonely, I followed her to Hiles <laughs> Anderson. I got to Hiles Anderson. 
her dad, he told her, look, you find somebody else. That boy got a bad past. I don't want you dating him. So I got to, and she tells me, she goes, Roy, my dad said I can't date you. And so I like, you know, look like, you know, hey, um, if you look me in the eyes, tell me you don't love me, I'll leave you alone. She goes, no, I can't. I do. I got to talk to my dad. So now I'm all happy. I go back to the dorm room. You know, the eight-guy dorm rooms there yeah. in Shearville. Yeah. I go back to the dorm room, and all the guys were there were cool, but there was one guy in there. His name was Ralph. And like I said, I hadn't been saved long, and Ralph <laughs> pointed that out every opportunity he got. Ralph, you know, there was nothing I could do or say that Ralph didn't critique in some way. Sure. Ralph was on that last nerve already. And like I said, I, I ain't been saved very long. So, but one of my guys that was in there was my friend. I was like, hey, bro, I just talked to her, and she's going to call her dad and see if we're going to do and Ralph comes down and he goes, I don't, what are you always talking about her for? She's nothing. I don't see what this. And I, I turn around to him and I was like, come here, be quiet. And he flinched back at me. Boom. And I cracked him. I blew his mouth up. You don't do that at Hiles Anderson. I'm sorry. I didn't know that, though. I said, I've been saved 10 minutes. He needed so, it. He, uh... <laughs> so, meanwhile, she calls her dad. Her dad calls Hiles Anderson, and C.R. Williams' son was working there. And mm -hmm. so next day, I'm called up with the dean, and C.R. Williams' son's up there in the office. And uh, not, not only had I just beat up my, my roommate, but I'm stalking this girl. And so that was the end of Bible college for me. Wow. And, and I was hurt. I was confused. Mm. I was heartbroken. Uh, and, 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 I got, and I got mad at God. And I said, you know what? I don't, what did I just get myself into? You know? Forget all this, man. I got brainwashed or something. I'm, mm. I'm going back home to Las Vegas. I'm going back. You know, I didn't think right away in my mind. I'm going to go sure. back to drugs and crime. But I'm going back to Yo Roy. This, I, I got messed up here. I, I, so, so that's when I quit. And that's what began my 30 years wow. of running from God like Jonah. And I, from my call to preach everything. And, and, and that's, that's what cost me 30 years of my life in prison because when I did get back to Vegas, of course I got back in the dope and I was on and off the dope for, for all of my life and I ended up with, you know, long story short, 12 felony convictions, mostly armed robberies, bank robberies, two violent habitual criminal enhancements, mm. two felony prison escapes and at 50 years old with the last arrest uh, uh, after a uh, uh, they were looking at me for 13 armed robberies. I, they would call me the motorcycle bandit. I was on a Harley robbing stuff all over Vegas. Mm. Had a big police chase, live news breaks. Finally, bam, I'm laying on the hood of that cop car, 50 years old. Well, I'm dying in prison now. <laughs> I'm dying in That's prison it. now. And they and I got to prison, and they gave they gave me a large violent habitual criminal, 10 to life. And But when you have the record that I just told you, yeah. you don't get a parole. You've right. been in the business, you know, yep. you know that don't happen. And uh, so when I got to prison, I, I was like, well, I'm, I'm here for the rest of my life. And this is where God caught up, caught up with me. I'd had enough. I, 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 the dope I loved and liked so much, for some reason, it's just like, <clears throat> done. Yeah. I, I don't want it anymore. I didn't like it anymore. And I hadn't been going to church. Even in prison, I didn't go to chapel. I, on streets, I didn't, wasn't going to church when I was wow. getting, because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Yep. And I tried a few times, there's a few times over the years, and I tried to come back to the Lord. I made it happen, but then I fell again. And finally I said, man, I'm tired of disappointing people. I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of making God look bad. So I'm just looking, Lord, you know me, and, and I know I'm saved, and, and, and you know, but we're just going to walk this thing out, This is, you know, and, and, and whatever. So, but once I got back to prison, and the Lord said, well, you're not going to be doing drugs anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. 
They said, well, then why don't you go to chapel? So I went back to the chapel and, you know, I seriously thought the ministry ship had sailed. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just going to sit, in, I'm going to be in prison the rest of my life. <clears throat> I'm just going to sit in the chapel. I just want to be here with God's people. I want to have my peace. I want to have my, the joy of my salvation back. And I did have, and I did, I'm just going to sit in the back. I don't bother nobody, but that God went, they started right away. They started pointing, brother, brother Roy, would you open a service? Brother Roy, long story short, I spent the last 10 years wow. there in that prison as the chaplain's assistant and as the pastor of that church in <laughs> Nevada's largest prison. My job for the last 10 years I was in there because every unit had its own chapel day. So my job every day of the week for the last 10 years was to get up and come down to church and hold church services for the men. Wow. And I was able to do correspondence studies, finish my education, get my, doc my doctorate of theology, and and I was happy. I, everybody knew Roy's never getting out. That's okay. I'd never been happier in my life. I was finally in God's will, doing what God called me to do all those years ago, and fulfill, fulfilling uh, uh, Philippians 1, 6 in my life. I'm great. I'm here the rest of my life. I'm happy. I, I don't feel like a prisoner. I feel like a missionary that just lives on the field. And then COVID, <laughs> then COVID, then COVID, then COVID hit. Wow. And the, and, and the people that worked in the prisons stopped coming to work. They slammed the doors. They didn't let us out for two years. They slammed no no fresh air, no sunshine, no exercise. For two years, they slammed the door and slid some like little mystery meat on some styrofoam trays under the door. Two guys stuck in those rooms like that. And they said, we got to do something. We got to do something. They said, well, here's what we're going to do. Anybody that has, that has a parole coming up and hasn't killed anybody, we're going to let them go. Wow. And May 3rd, two years ago, God opened that door <laughs> and he let me out of prison and he's put me back. My family with my, my daughter, who I watch grow up in pictures, is now mm. my best friend. I have two wonderful grandchildren. Wow. I have a wonderful, a wonderful church. I have this wonderful ministry. And, and, and I, I just say mostly, I have a wonderful God. Amen. Amen. Incredible. <clears throat> I mean, you literally couldn't write a story like that. You know, only God. You can can't do make that. this stuff up. <laughs> it's amazing the grace of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God. Boy, when you walked out of there, man, was it shaking your head in unbelief? Was it in tears? You know, that day that yeah, you no, got to. Because my daughter picked me up. Yeah. And it's the first time we'd been together, and we went out. We went out for coffee, and I just couldn't quit, quit crying. All morning. I'm, I'm crying right now, thinking about I mean, what that would have been like to walk out. And she's so day. awesome. I told her right they took me into their home, and I lived with them for the first year and a half. Wow. And she was my my landlord, my PO, and she's been <laughs> saved since she was little. She's my prayer partner. She's my best PO, friend. PO, if you're not familiar, that's probation Proba officer. Yeah, okay. she's so my, yeah, she's my real like, parole officer. Yes. I call, I call, I, I, to this day, I call her every day or text Here's with her every day. Here's what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, Check in. We like two little girls. We take pictures of our food and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what God has brought. You know, we're, we're, we're close as any father and daughter in this world. Wow. And, and 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 we were separated for all that time, and we're just we're right here, man. We're so much alike; it's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. What a story! And it, you know, for me, we've talked, and I've done jail ministry for thirty years. I just spent one night in jail thirty-five years ago. I was getting out of the army, running from God, and God called me to preach, and I don't want to preach, so I skipped church, go to the beach for the weekend, and God puts me in jail. 
and uh, and you know to see how God can take lives that have been in sin and that He not only saves them but has a purpose and a plan and can use them yeah. even when we blow it how many times you yeah. know and over for how many and years and, and God over. says I still love you I yeah. still care about you sometimes people think in this whole fundamental Baptist podcast and we believe strongly on issues and the Amen. Bible and the King James Bible Amen. principles and standards and all that but one of the things you don't want to miss with that is the heart of yeah. God, of love and forgiveness right. and passion yeah. and compassion that so many people don't have. And, uh, you know, how many people with guys like you and your story, how many churches would care about and love and help? And man, you got a church, you got to, you get to serve, you get to preach, yeah. you get to help, you and your pastor are close. Tell yes. me, uh, tell me what you do in your local church there. Oh, well now, uh, I actually, uh, uh, um, we had a deacon and he moved, uh, uh, back to Wisconsin, and he had a 27-foot Nash travel trailer that was on the property there, and uh, he just gave it to me. And so <laughs> I lived right there on, on church grounds. I'm, I'm kind of like groundskeeper, unarmed security, <laughs> and, uh, um, and fill-in preacher. I, 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 you know, if the, if the, the pa my, my pastor is known out west as the pastor with all the medical problems. Wow. Uh, he, he's, he's, man, he's not even 50 years old yet, mm. and I, there's not enough time on this broadcast to tell you all of the physical infirmities that this man struggles with, wow. and yet still keeps the most Christ-like spirit and, 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 and pastors his church and preaches from that pulpit, and his, his life, his life is a, a walking sermon. This Pastor Mitch Service, Bible Baptist Church, Amen. Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, my, my friend, my, but he's but some you know he has he has these mini strokes and then big strokes and and, wow. and stuff and so like when sometimes you never know it's like but the pastor just just had a stroke so you know we need somebody's got to jump in and you know so there's been times you know brother Roy can you cover Wednesday for me can wow. you know and that's it's just a blessing because hey I love to preach man I I preach the drop of a hat and drop my own hat I told him I, I was like I didn't know about this love offering thing I, I'm running around talking about how much do you want to preach in your church you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's amazing, amazing that you know it, 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 that we can have such fun and enjoy life so much Absolutely. doing what you love and it is what God called you to do I was just going to ask you that <laughs> compare your life now you know, the world will look at you and say, what a waste, how boring, how miserable that is. Boy, you know, to be in the gang and to be on the edge and be a Harley and have the money and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Compare those two lives for anybody listening out there and, and deciding, okay, what direction do I want to go in my life? Um, try to compare those two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, 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 there's no comparison because every, everything that has to do with this world you know, love not the world, neither the things in the world. Amen. Yeah. If any man makes himself a friend of this world, he makes himself an enemy of God. And the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Everything connected to this world that's pleasing to this flesh is temporary. The pleasure of sin yeah. is but for a season. It's only going to last for a hot second. You know, and then boom, then you got to come back and do it again. Boom, and then you got to come back and do it again, and you just keep covering it up. It's just band-aiding it. It's band-aiding it, band-aiding it. And the thing is, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It don't just stay right there. And so, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's, this is exciting for a minute. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, the, this is fun. The dope, the girls, the the the, the crime, the you know all that. It's it, yeah, but. 
that after a while, you know what I mean, there's there's no there's no true joy in it. There's there's no there's no there's no peace in it. And when when you then when you're living in the center of God's will, yeah, and you're doing exactly you're walking in the spirit, you're living in the word, you your your business is clean with God. Amen. Every single day is the great adventure. Because boy, God's got God's got stuff out there going. And every day is, I mean, just I mean, the fact that I'm sitting right here. This this was not a planned part of my trip. This was a divinely orchestrated appointment where I was just going to preach Sunday here to Sunday here, and God took this and this and that and put it together, and boom, and every and really I was like, well, man, this is just such a blessing, and uh, I mean, I, I just met this brother 10 minutes ago, but I love him to death, and you know, and there's, and that's just the way it is in the family of God. Every church I go into, I walk in there, and it's like, boom, it's like I've been here forever. It's like, I love these people. They know me. I know it's, <laughs> there, it's just, there, there is nothing like the, the Christian life and man, especially when you get in ministry and you don't have to be a preacher, mm -hmm. but whatever it is, God's got you. When you get really involved and surrendered and yielded to that thing, the spiritual, the spiritual benefits of Amen. joy and peace and fulfillment and, and excitement too. <laughs> I love the way you said it, and I sort of set you up for it, and you walked through it perfectly. Compare those two, and the answer is there is no comparison. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. <laughs> We've all heard this before, but they say there's three types of people. Um, the most, the happiest person is the one who's saved, who's serving God. You just Amen. said that. Amen. It's sold out, That's walking right. with God. They're the happiest. You cannot... Uh, most people don't know that even exists right. if they've never been right. in that realm. Right. The second happiest are the people who are not saved living in the world. And, ah, um, that's they, true. They have that's that true. semblance of, man, I'm living life, you know, living large. And, yeah. you know, they think they're doing something. They have no idea this level's even here. The most miserable, the lowest point, are saved people trying to live in the world. Oh, don't I know it. You know, oh, we know it. We've I been know there. It. And mm, so bit. I'm saved. I'm trying to live mm, in the world. I can't man. have all that fun mm. they're having, but I can't have all the joy and blessings that God has. Wow. And so I'm in that turmoil in, in a, right. betwixt, between two. And, and you're, you can never have that. How many Christians out there are just like that? Uh, probably, you know? probably, probably, <laughs> probably more that yeah. are not just like that. Exactly. I want to ask you, because uh, we mentioned your your um, YouTube channel in the beginning. I want to talk about it more, because I want people to be able to follow sure, you. This is a great sure. podcast. You're just you know here right now for one time. But um, So give your, give your YouTube channel again, and then I want to ask you this. What are the topics that you cover? What are you, the things that are gotcha. important? Uh, what are some lessons you've taught on there that, that people need to go listen to? You, you think that, okay, this would really help you if you were going through this. Boy, this lesson on this is really important. Give some things that you think would be helpful Amen. Amen. Uh, on your YouTube channel for them to go and find. Okay. Uh, well, the YouTube channel was, see, I'd never had a cell phone. I'd never <laughs> had a computer. But I had a little TV in my cell. And so I was able to observe the phenomenon of the smartphone and the computer, I, I observed that from afar. Right. And, and, and God put on my heart in there, uh, you know, I saw what YouTube was on TV. And I said, well, man, I would just get on YouTube and preach. That's how, if, I, if I could ever get out there, man, that's what I would do. And God sat years ago, and I have it, and I forgot to bring my bag today, or I'd have it to show right here. Mm. But I drew, you know, the prophet said, take the vision and write it down. I drew 
when you go to my channel and you see from this drawing I made with little Charlie Brown head Roy Bell that flipped down with the bookcases behind him and the and the diplomas and every that exactly what I drew all them years ago on that prison bunk God brought to pass and it's my YouTube channel he even gave me the name old school Bible Baptist which is my website it's my YouTube I've got I got a Facebook by that it's my email I mean it and it was all open and so God had prepared that for me Amen. I am old school Bible Baptist and uh, my emphasis I've got about 200 videos on there that I've made like I said I've only been out two years um, but uh, um, I am and people say brother Roy what kind of Baptist are you <laughs> I'm an independent fundamental premillennial rightly divided King James only every single word once Amen. saved always saved by grace Amen. Baptist. That's the kind of Baptist I am. And the videos that I make are, are along those lines. They're much in defense of the King James Bible. Amen. Much in the defense of, of, of rightly dividing, as Second as, as Second Timothy 2.15 tells us, Amen. to rightly divide the Word of God. Don't mush everything together now. We have to really study. So uh, that's that's important. I, I I you know the blood, the book, and the and, and the blessed hope. <laughs> And then I have many videos. I've got, you know, I got, I got videos refuting Mormonism. I got videos refuting okay. Jehovah Witness. I've got, you know, a, a great emphasis on eternal security and and why and the premillennial pre coming of Christ, the pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it, uh, on all the controversial uh, subjects of, of baptism, of the perpetuity of spiritual gifts, of where our Bible came from. I mean, I could just go. I could go on and on and on, and those are videos that I make at home, and then the other ones that are on there are just, the as I'm out on the road doing the work of an evangelist, is just uh, uh, all those uh, uh, videos from the churches that I'm at, and just the messages that I, that I, that I preached in the churches. Amen. That's beautiful. So um, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Dave Hiles, um, Brother Roy, you said it was back that, that he got here. Uh, he was going to stop in and see um, see Brother Dave Hiles. And so he contacted him and said, uh, hey, I'm coming through your area. And he's like, well, where do you think I am? Well, Columbia, Tennessee. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We don't live there. As for the baker um, and ministry we work with, oh, oh. okay. So <laughs> Brother Dave called me and told me Brother Roy was coming through. And I said, well, I'd love to get with him. I'd seen him online. And so I um, asked him uh, if I could uh, take him out or if he'd stop in and took him out for a meal. And so we went through all these Issues and questions. And I know there's no two people that agree on everything. Amen. Uh, Amen. My pastor, Brother Hiles, and John and Rice preached together 2,200 sure. times. And I know there's things they disagreed on, but the main things are the main things. That's and right. You can That's focus right. on that. So I'm sure there may be something in that list we uh, disagree with. But I went through with him while we ate. Okay, what about this? What about this? What about this? In his story and ask him questions to be able to know, okay, this is a guy that I appreciate who believes right, loves God, on fire, and, and two, is just still amazed that God loves me, saved me, mm. and would use me to help other people. So uh, we have a men's home to help guys when they get out of jail to help put their life back together. So uh, after I asked Brother Roy if he would give a testimony or if he'd go and speak there. So uh, tell me about that last night. Oh, How that man. I, well, I, you know, I, I went there the first night and just sat sat in when your, and your, your brother was teaching. Mm -hmm. And But last night, last night I got to go in there and, and I don't know, what's that, almost 20 guys there? Yeah. Stuff. And and uh, uh, man, uh, and I I I just felt right. I felt right at home. Uh, matter of fact, I went in there. I saw Rock of Ages uh, uh, 
prison ministry Bible over there with magic marker, the guy's name written written down the side of it. So, uh, you know, I walked over. I said, well, I know where you got that. And uh, I have uh, uh, I have my really nice leather Bible, which was sent to me in prison. Um, <laughs> it's like a $160 Bible. Amen. And uh, and it got the same treatment uh, when it came to the mailroom. It got my name and back number in, in magic <laughs> marker on his hundred. 160, you know, cowhide, nice, nice reference Bible, you know, but I, I, I've carried it ever since. It's my most valued uh, uh, material Amen. possession. And, uh, but I walked over to that guy right there and I said, man, look, I, I showed him on my, I said, I, I know I'm in the right place. Mm -hmm. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, and uh, just, uh, I, I just felt, I just felt right at home, man. Some of these guys have been in the joint. And so we speak the same language. And Amen. that's one thing about kind of old convicts, old convicts kind of recognize each other. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, a, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. You it's know, something about yeah. been there. Yeah, know? yeah. So, no, it was awesome. And it was 4th of July, too. And them guys, man, they had crazy fireworks out there, man. I mean, the, the big, loud, scary shoot-up-in-the-air ones and stuff. So Boom. it was a blast, and they fed me good. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it was awesome. And, and uh, I get to see them tonight. Amen. Beautiful. <laughs> Preaching at our church tonight. Just a couple more things I wanted to ask. So, you know, you came out of um, of um, a jail ministry, a prison ministry. Um, what would it have been like if there not had been a chaplain and churches that cared and came in there and connected you with them where you had a place to go when you got out? Speak to pastors and churches about a jail ministry, a prison ministry. Is it worth it? Are those guys, they're just old felons, they're playing, they're fake, it doesn't matter, it's a waste of time, um, God can't use them, there's no purpose for yeah. them or their life. Um, speak as someone who's been there, and maybe to stir up some pastors, and some. Mm -hmm. And it's tough, it's COVID, it's post-COVID, but it's hard, to, the ministry here shut down a lot, we were still able to go in, but we couldn't have all the volunteers go in, yeah. but they're opening back up now and more, and there's a need for that. Um, Speak to some pastors out there, some Christians out there. Is it worth it to try to help and reach people like a Roy Bell? Yeah. Does God have a plan and a purpose for them? See if we can stir up some of that. All right. Well, I'm going to give you just a quick illustration. All right. Um, I went. Um, I went. Well, I've been in prison four times. I went back in 1998, and. About six months after I was back in, I escaped underneath a produce truck and went back into That's Vegas. That's like the movie, you went, know. I mean, went on a, a, went on, I went on a two-week crime spree, and then after that, um, they they sent me to the Level Three Supermax prison up in northern Nevada. It's called Ely. All right. So I got up to Ely. I spent the next ten years, ten years in the Level Three Supermax in Ely, and up there. No chapel program at all. No spiritual, no services, no no nothing. No nothing. It was just dead dry. And I, I did 10 years there with nothing. And they let me out. Wow. I lasted 10 months. Wow. That's, that's when I got my 10 to life laying on the hood of that cop car. 10 years in there with no ministry. I didn't last 10 months on the street. <sighs> this last 10 years. <laughs> This last 10 years, I have not only been able to be in the ministry, yeah. but see the impact of the ministry on my guys. 
yeah. in there. Yeah. And I'm in, still in touch with a whole bunch of them Amen. that are out here on the streets serving God right now because of the ministry that they got in there. It went, I mean, listen, you, what, better, what better time? A man's life has just fallen apart. He's just lost everything. He's just going to prison. I mean, what yeah. better time to present him the answer to everything? And and that and that's it. And and um, it the difference that Christ makes. And my 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 boss was the chaplain, Julio Calderon, High Desert State Prison. He's senior chaplain for the Nevada Department of Corrections. Getting ready to retire with his twenty here pretty soon, he says. But hey, I don't I don't know if he'd ever walk away from it. But that man, uh. uh it, 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 only heaven will tell the yeah. impact that 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 man's ministry working for him for ten years had had on me. And there's always a struggle for him to find good people, yeah. good sound, doctrinally sound, spiritually right people to bring in to minister, minister to the guys. There's a need. Look, you can go out. Nobody wants to take a gospel track. Knock on doors. No, nobody wants to let you hear nothing. I'll tell you where there's thousands of guys waiting, waiting, thirsty, hungry. Uh, please come tell us. Please come share with us. We're ready. They're, they're, in your, they're in your local jail and they're in your local prison. That's really a big deal. And I hope that out of this, someone listening will go, you know what? I could do that. Yeah. And, um, and, and you could. And sometimes they're ready to hear and sometimes they're not. Sometimes you plant and water and you don't know what's going to happen. But boy, when God gets a hold of somebody, um, you know, they get saved, they start growing, they realize there's got to be something better than what they have right here. That's and right. it's an open time where they get so many hours. They got time. That's what yeah. they got. And time to be able to spend in the Word of God where God can help them. It really is powerful. Um, last thing, and then, um, so that's to go inside to be able to help them. What about when they get out? What do what does a guy need getting out of jail, getting yeah. out of prison, in a church, um, to be able to feel loved, accepted, welcome, um, to be able to be used, um, you know, to, to have a church where they're accepted, uh, not looked down upon. Right. Uh, I don't right. know if you struggle with any of that or what you mm -hmm. see or what's tough. Um, you don't see many guys getting out of jail, even if they you know, we're involved in things there. How many churches are there not welcome? Welcome. Sure. Talk about that. Sure. Well, you know, my church, um, they'd been coming out to the prison for a number of years and, uh, being independent Baptist, like-minded brethren, you know, we formed a quick bond and I was calling that my church before I ever even knew I was getting out of prison. Guys would ask me on the yard that day, who's coming up this weekend, Pastor Roy? And I said, my church. And they knew who I was talking about. <laughs> so my guys came up. And so when I got out, there was no question about where I was going to go. And I was fully loved and accepted. But, you know, they never Hey, there was folks, uh, uh, you know, because there, there's people in, in church that have been raised in church. They were never in the world. And crime and prison and yeah. you know that's that you know, I, Roy is scary that, I, I understand scary. that and, keep and, away and, your kids <laughs> and 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 I and 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 I gave and I I expected that and, and but I tell you the 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 warmth I was received with was surprising 
and there was a few <clears throat> more, uh, you know, just more, a few more cautious, maybe a little wiser, cautious, more mm -hmm. cynical guys that, uh, you know, sat back and watched me for a long <laughs> time, you know. Amen. But hey, I think I about won everybody over there now, and uh, it's cool. I mean, we've got. You know, we've got uh, one of my best friends is a 26-year federal correction officer. He's one of my wow. very he's the guy that co-signed for me with all my car. Yep. <laughs> we've got we've got a, we've got one of the one of the uh, wow. high-ranking uh, Nevada Highway Patrol guys is is there. Uh, we're right next to Nellis Air Force Base. Yep. We have the we have the uh, um, the the colonel that uh, run run runs the hospital in next to Nellis Air Force Base. He's our song leader there. I mean, these are these are upstanding citizens. Yeah. Bob Jones University graduate. You know. I mean, and and you know and so you know it's just neat how you know god could take such a such a strange uh uh, uh different mix of people and and only god could can bring them together like that and they and that's and that's that's where people getting out they need it and and i was blessed in that um you know i had my daughter and i had my church and everything but most guys don't mm -hmm. so what i see as far as like it's Onesimus ministry, yeah. and I have a I have a friend, um, and it, it's it's not Independent Baptist. It's not our crowd, uh, but uh, uh, he's a guy that was in prison with me, and now good, he's good an intake. Huh? They're good, good people. people. They're good people. It's a, a, a House of Judah uh, recovery homes, and they got five nice houses there mm -hmm. in Vegas, and uh, they're they're of a different denominational variety. Uh, but I've you know I and our chaplain have you know funneled a couple of people there matter of fact there's a guy just landed there last week who i have known since third grade wow and 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 and, 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 and <laughs> that was a long time ago but that's how long i've known him and i went to high school with him and we we did decades in prison together and he just got out and i was able to hook him up with that house of judah but this guy had been look i did 30 years in prison he's probably did 40 Wow. He's a, you know, he did very little of his life. He's a serious, serious, violent gangster kind of guy. But he, he's my age, and and, and he's, at, he's a place where he's saying he's, he's he's looking for change, and he's confessing he believes in Christ. And so, you know, we were able to get just a couple days ago. I can't wait to get back and, and spend some time with him. Amen. We've been on the phone, but he just got to the house. And see, that's what's needed. That's what's needed. They They need, when they get out, this basic, you get out. Where do I go? Where do yeah. I eat? Where do I sleep? Yeah. I mean, you need some basically, and, and then a lot of these places are like, well, yeah, you can move in, but we need six hundred bucks up front. Well, yep. I don't have six hundred bucks. Well, see right. ya. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, the problem there's is, a big need. There's a big need for that. Yeah, and the problem is. Uh, you can go to the crack house or the meth house, and they got a couch, and they'll let you they hang, do. and then you can start right in there. Yeah, and it's sad; no questions asked how they'll let yeah. them come in. And I think I think every church ought to have a recovery home, Amen. Um, a transitional home to help people wow. that are going through that. Yeah, uh, what a great ministry because it is. They have those physical needs, and we were just talking a little bit about this. Mm. Jesus, um, as the master restorer. Here's Peter, cursed for, denied Christ, even after the resurrection, quit the ministry, went fishing. Jesus went after him and cared about him and loved him. And first thing he did was provide for his physical needs. Yeah. Warmth yeah. by the fire. Come on. Food yeah. to be able to eat. He yeah. provided for his physical needs. And then he let him know that he still loved 
and I got a vision for you. Feed my lamb and feed my sheep. Mm. And so to let people see that there's a purpose in their life. There's a plan in their life. Yeah. God still loves them. God yeah. still cares about them. God still wants to help them and help them with their physical needs. Um, you know, it's amazing. The guy by a meal, um, they, they realize, wow, he does care. He does yeah. want to help me. Yeah. And to give them an environment at church where, yeah, they're going to have to prove themselves. You're not going to, hey, here, go take my little kids and sure. you know, run off with them. No. Um, they have to prove themselves. But to be a place where they're loved and welcome and accepted. At our church, the men, and you see their love, they're welcome. They've got friends. The men love them. And uh, a new guy comes in. They just surround them and say, welcome. Amen. We're glad that you're here. Amen. And that really is a big deal because <laughs> most of the guys that we work with, um, the statement about church is, uh-oh, is the building going to fall in when I walk through that door? That's you know, right. That's, that's what right. they think because yeah. of their past. And yeah. But to know how much God loves us and cares about us. So, uh, but the way I've enjoyed this, thank you for taking the time to let me interview you for this podcast. And I think it's going to be a, right. a help to uh, other people out here. Any other final thing? I know I asked you a bunch of questions. Any final thing or advice that you have for people that are listening? Uh, advice for them personally or helping people or... Uh, just anything that I didn't ask you, like, oh, I wish I could say this about anything. Anything you know, top I, of your head? I, I can't think of anything. Uh, uh, I, I would just give my little, uh, there's those words that popped into my head when, when, when this person that thought Jesus and the Bible were like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, the, when that lights came on mm -hmm. and that what popped in my head, and that's still kind of like the little motto on my business business cards and of my ministry is that Jesus is real and the Bible is true. Amen. Most important things in the world. And that is so big. If we <laughs> lived our life like that, you know, Jesus is real. One day, we're all going to kneel. And <laughs> I don't know exactly the words he's going to say, but I picture... He says, every one of us shall give account of himself to That's him. Right. So, That's and right. it says that we will kneel and bow. And so I picture kneeling and bowing and seeing the wounds in his feet. Mm. And I picture seeing the wounds in his hand and him saying yeah. something like, but Roy, Roy Bell, this is what I did for you. That's right. What did you do for me? Mm. And we were given account of ourselves to right. him. And boy, looking at those wounds in his hands, boy, how much will we wish we had given him more? Judgment how much we wish we would have? Yes, uh, yeah, and we're already saved. We're in heaven. Amen. It's rewards. Amen. But we're either going to hear, well done a good yeah. and faithful servant, or we're going to hear you're a wicked and slothful servant. And, mm -hmm. and there may be some people with the Roy like you or my past may put us down because of our past, but it's amazing if we serve the Lord faithfully and we win souls and we preach and live right. and love and help people, then we're going to hear from Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. Where I wonder that Pharisee who just puts people down and judges them and thinks they're better than them yeah. but never really did anything for God, that they're going to hear... You're a wicked and slothful servant. I paid your hell for you, mm. and you did nothing for me. I would much rather be a guy like you coming out of where you're coming out with, man, running hard to serve God and help people than some Pharisee who tries to put someone down because of their past. None of us can change yesterday, but we, yeah. we can sure change the rest. So, Amen. Brother Roy, Amen. thank you. And uh, go to uh, Old School, Old School Bible, Bible Baptist, Baptist on YouTube, and uh, I'm just Roy Bell on Amen. Facebook. Amen. God bless you. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.